episode number 85 of the Real Life Runners podcast. Today we're going to be talking about training plans and what happens if a training plan doesn't work because quite frankly, training plans don't always work, but yet they're still a great tool for most runners. So today we're going to talk about some of the positives and the negatives of having a training plan. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. So I'm, I'm working on the, uh, the episode. I'm trying to think about what to talk about this, and I can't stop the, the line from, uh, from the poem go, from going through my head of the best laid plans of mice and men often go awry. Mm. So then I had to look this whole poem up, and apparently it's written in like old Scottish and then has to get translated into something that's roughly English. Okay. And it's, it's a fantastic poem that I, I still, I could not get it out of my head. I couldn't get it out of my head for the whole run today. And I can't remember what most of it is because it's in Scottish. Um, but the the whole idea is, you know, you, you go out and you try and, and lay out this perfect plan as, as long as I do this, 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 and this, I'm going to get these absolute perfect results. And it just doesn't always work out that way. Right. It definitely doesn't, especially as real life runners and even as elite runners, there are times when the elite runners are on training plans and their whole training cycle goes absolutely perfectly and they end up falling flat in a race. Oh, then that's, that's the worst. I've, I've heard this from, you know, podcast interviews with coaches and stuff. They're like, no, I had an athlete that was set up. We literally had six straight months of complete injury free. They were crushing workouts. The three months leading up to it, they were training at a level that they'd never reached before. And they showed up at the race and just completely, just were completely flat. Yeah. I mean, I just got, finished reading Dina Castor's memoir, Let Your Mind Run. And number one, if you haven't read it, I highly recommend recommend it. I will put a link to that in the show notes of this episode because the book is fantastic. And it is so much about a lot of the things that we talk about, the power of the mind and the power of positive thinking and how we need to flip things in our mind and how much our mind has control over how we perform. And that is definitely a huge part of why training plans might not work, but that's not exactly what we're getting into in today's episode. No, but it's definitely got an aspect to it is Mm -hmm. why don't training plans work? Because training plans are designed to train your body. And a lot of times people fall short, not because of what's happening down in their legs, but more because of what's happening between their ears. I knew you were going to pull out the between their ears. Between their ears. You love saying that. Yes. Homeostasis. (laughs) Homeostasis. (laughs) All right. So Why don't training plans always work? Now, number one, a lot of times training plans are based on one coaching philosophy. And like we've talked about before, there are a lot of different coaching philosophies out there. And you and I kind of got in this discussion about um, Coach V. Hill in the book because Dina Castor, when she decided to become a professional runner, she went and trained with Coach V. Hill in Colorado. And so I was just talking to you about his training philosophy. And I was asking you about that. And I was like, you know, it seems repetitive. It seems like he has these core workouts and and that's what he does. And you explained to me that he tends to be more old school. 
And that's kind of his philosophy with with how he trains his athletes. Well, I mean, if you ever saw a picture of Coach V Hill, I think the the word old school is really the first thing that's going to come to your mind. Like that, he just looks like the old school distance coach. Like you can just picture him in the middle of like, like in an, a warm up suit. Yeah, like in a warm up suit in an indoor track that doesn't really smell all that great, just calling out splits to people. Like mm-hmm. I've got this image of him in my mind mm-hmm. um, because I kind of I blend him and a few other coaches in my mind together. Right, but he. And all of the great coaches that are out there that are, you know, historically some of the most revered coaches in running all have their own philosophy. And there are, of course, some overlaps between the between some of the philosophies, but they're pretty clear on what they believe and how they train their athletes. Right. And they've been doing it for so long. and They've had success with so many athletes that it's sort of like, well, this is my plan. Mm -hmm. This is the plan that's going to work for me. And they understand their plan. And when things are going wrong within their plan, they can sort of tweak it and be like, okay, well, this has happened before. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to alter it. and, And now the plan should work. I'm just going to put in an extra recovery day here, or this tempo run goes just a little bit longer, but it's still the same basic philosophy of, you know, this is what my overall mileage is, and this is how much time is spent on, on speed. This is how much time is spent on, you know, uh, on threshold pace and all these different terms that they can throw out there, but they've got these core beliefs that they go back to. Right. And so, some of them like will start to develop speed first and then kind yes. of work you into endurance. And then there are others that will flip that and ba- build up the base, build up the endurance first and then help you get faster. Right. Which are very different philosophies. I mean, that happened to you when you were coaching at the high school. Yes. Um, you, when you started coaching track, there was already an established coach of the track team, and his philosophy was the opposite of yours. Yeah, he went he went speed first, and as the season went along, continued to add more mileage and build the endurance up. Right, because he was a sprinter by nature. I am a long-distance runner by nature, so my idea was to build up this large aerobic base and then fine-tune it with speed. As the season progresses, mm-hmm. which and there's and one is not better than the other. No, they both work. Yeah, you just you can't follow both plans simultaneously. Right. That's and, and that was the issue that, <laughs> that you was were the running issue. into. Right. So there are many different ways to train athletes, and the issue is that not everyone adapts in the same manner. Right. There are some you know, body types that are different than others. There are some people genetically and naturally have more slow twitch muscle fibers or more fast twitch muscle fibers or their body just adapts to training stimuli differently. Right. I mean, if you're, if you're physically predisposed to be a sprinter, it's hard to... A mesomorph? Sure. (laughs) Um, It's hard to then take that person and say, okay, we're going to just build up this huge amount of mileage and then we're going to fine tune it with speed. Like that person is more designed that they're going to respond better and enjoy the process of going through a bunch of speed and then maybe adding in some endurance as they go. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got a group of 800 meter runners this year and some prefer the speed and some prefer the endurance. They're all high school kids and I'm not going to throw them out on a training plan that they hate because well, that's just a, that's a setup for them to quit the team and just hate the whole track season. And hate running. And hate running in general, yeah. which is not a good long-term plan. Well, then that's not, not the way we coach. Right. So I, I, it's a combination of making sure that 
that you can get to this to the right destination, but also keep people happy along the way. This is part of the issue of if you've been coaching for a long time or you're following a training plan that only sticks with one philosophy, you know, I had to work it for the same group of athletes and some of them were doing speed towards endurance and others were doing endurance towards speed during the same season to run the same exact event. Mm-hmm. Most training plans don't have that level of flexibility to them. And how did it go? Um, it it went well for people on both sides of it. Mm-hmm. One of them partway through the season decided that running was not necessarily her thing, but I don't think that any training philosophy was going to change that. <laughs> she just kind of decided running was not really going to be her thing. Yeah. And so I think it's just very important that if you are training yourself and, and coaching yourself and coming up with what's going to work best for you, or if you are coaching other athletes, it's important to take in a lot of different perspectives and to stay flexible and then to figure out what's going to work best for each athlete like instead of being very rigid and saying it's my way or the highway this is my philosophy and it doesn't work for you then you can find a different coach and there are definitely people that do that um you know is that better is it is it better to kind of have your core philosophy and then really know it and own it and then if it doesn't work for people send them elsewhere uh, I mean, you know what the, I mean? I think that is a debatable. Yeah. And there's some elite coaches that'll in totally itself. go with that one and be yeah. like, this is, this is how I do things. Right. And, and they've been doing it for and years and years and years. And they're very successful in that. Exactly. Right. I, I think that it's, it's better to coach people and let running kind of take care of itself. So uh, I like to try and take in as many different coaching philosophies as I can and then try and fit them towards the athlete Mm -hmm. for long-term success, not just in running, but just in in overall health and well-being. Yeah. So. Yeah. So number two, why – let's move on to the next point of why training plans don't always work. (laughs) Most training plans come from elite athletes. And then are adapted down towards normal humans. Mm-hmm. Um, the and, real life runners. Yes, the real life runners. And and a lot of the research done on like endurance training and stuff like that is actually done on cyclists and then adapted to runners and then toned down towards real life runners. Mm-hmm. And so it's taken these steps that, it, again, it goes back to the first thing is every person adapts in a different manner. Mm -hmm. So the way that it worked for the elite does not necessarily work for, you know, sub elite or most of your, your average runners out there. Even if you try and be like, okay, well they did this training run at their half marathon pace. Now you try it at your half marathon pace. These could be completely different workouts and it it depends on how long you've been running. It depends on your overall mileage. It's how it fits into the program. Right. And you and I have talked about that before too, because your half marathon pace and my half marathon pace are so different and you're running your half marathon in almost half the time that I, it takes me to run a half marathon. I'm gaining on you though. I know you were gaining on me because <laughs> you keep PRing and I have not in a while. Um, but this is one of the things that I wrote down is what is the difference between 10 K pace, your so-called tempo pace, which is essentially how, how fast you could go if you had to race for an hour is sort of the like classic definition of tempo and a half marathon pace. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of people that how fast they could go for one hour is a 10K. Right. But on the elite level, you know, if you're going out and winning like really legit half marathons, you're doing it on, just on the over guy an hour. under. Under? Like these guys are flying. Oh my gosh. And so then what, 
what's that pace? Because is it, is it the pace that you can sustain for six? Is it the pace you can sustain for 13? Or is time more important? So it's tricky to try and adjust re- workout plans from someone who's operating on a whole nother level of 100 to 130 miles a week and is racing at five minute miles or better and then bring it down to somebody who's training at 20 to 30 miles a week, 10 to 20 miles a week mm-hmm. and is training at an average of somewhere between like eight and 11 minutes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, can you simply just take the numbers and, and divide them by a little bit and, and make the training plans work the same? Yeah. I don't necessarily think that you can, you can cross over that easily. Mm -hmm. I think you have to have some more flexibility to it and some more adaptation, some more experience with people who are not just operating at this super high, ridiculous level. Yeah, I agree. So another reason that training plans don't really work is because a lot of the times a coach will take a plan that worked for a previous athlete and then just repeat that plan. They say, okay, well, this plan worked for this person to run a sub two hour half marathon or an hour and a half half marathon, whatever it is. And so I'm just going to give you the same plan. Yeah, I've definitely been guilty of this one myself. Um, I was blessed to have a really high level athlete in my first couple of years coaching and it's sort of like, well, why don't I just take the plan that she was doing and repeat it for this girl? Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like, well, cause they're not at all the same person. Like they had, they had a different build. Mm-hmm. Like the one had just greater natural speed. The other one had more natural endurance. They, they were at a different mileage. It, it doesn't just transfer over like, but they're both high school girls. They should work out perfectly for me. And it, it just, it doesn't. It doesn't always work <laughs> It does way. not always work out perfect. Yeah. Um, it's a very dangerous way of thinking of, well, I, it worked for this person. It goes back towards, you know, it worked for this elite athlete. Let's just tune it down a little bit and make it work for somebody else. Even if you have two people who have been running the same time, who are running similar paces, you're like, okay, well, if it works for athlete A, then it should also work for athlete B. And if it doesn't, then a lot of times the coach will blame the athlete. (laughs) Then it's athlete B's fault. Clearly, I'm doing it correct as a coach. You have something wrong with you. Right. Like, or you're not following my actual plan. And then like, that you, you start to question whether or not that athlete is actually following the plan that you're giving him or her, or, or you know, you tend to, to blame the athlete instead of the plan. Right. And if, if you as the athlete are out there searching the internet and you find a plan that, you know, you click on it, it's got people that are raving about the plan. I PR'd by 15 minutes and a half marathon with this plan, or I took off three minutes off of my 5k time following this plan and you do it step by step. And you are following it to the letter and you don't get the same results, then you're going to blame yourself because Mm -hmm. clearly you saw a review that that plan works. Mm -hmm. So something must then be wrong with you. Mm. And it's not. Right. It's that that plan was not the plan for you. That was not the correct plan for you. Right. So another problem with training plans, what are we on number four now? Mm -hmm. Repeating the same plan for an athlete season after season because it worked for them last season, so let's just give them the same plan this season. Right, and this this does work to a degree. Right, and this is a, an interesting point that you kind of talked to me about, like when I was um, looking at my different workouts that I was doing. Yes, and, uh, I was hoping you were going to go here. Oh, good. So when, when I was talking to Kevin about like some of my training um, for, I forget which race it was, I think it was probably a half marathon, but I was like, well, I already did this workout four months ago and my paces were the same or a little bit faster than I'm doing it right now. So why aren't my paces and my times getting faster? 
Like where you haven't uh, you haven't fully squeezed the sponge to get everything out of it yeah. yet. And so what he explained <laughs> to me is that you can do the same exact workout with the same paces and just get different benefits from that same exact workout. Right. So if you run through the same, essentially the same training plan, right. Like you're going to be a different person. You've already made some of these adaptations. So maybe you could run the exact same workouts, the exact same cycle and gain different or more benefits. Mm -hmm. But at some point in time, your body's going to, if you keep going to that same place, that same workout over and over and over, it becomes more efficient. Your body just gets super efficient at doing it. And it's not making the changes anymore. You're not, your body is adapted. It's reached homeostasis. Oh, thank you. Um, (laughs) And now a Scottish accent, please. Let's go back to the poem. Um, So eventually you reach a point where your body is so efficient that it needs to actually make a significant change. This doesn't mean that every time you go through a training cycle, you need to have this massive overhaul of the system. You can have similar things. Mm -hmm. You can make small adjustments and have huge benefits to Mm -hmm. this thing. You know, maybe you run the same training plan, but you run it with 10% higher mileage, or you just, you change the the way that you've added strength into it. You just put some extra set of strides during the week. Yeah. Or the order of the workouts. Like, Like the way that I like to do it to typically is to run my faster, shorter speed on a Tuesday and more of like my tempo stuff on a Thursday. So maybe in my next cycle, if you just swap that, you're going to get different benefits. Right. Because you're running your faster one coming off of a long run Mm -hmm. and then you're running your longer run coming off of speed, Mm -hmm. kind of move things around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, it's going to give your body different adaptations. Exactly. Because you're, you're entering each workout a little bit different and just you've adapted. You're not necessarily sleeping or eating or your life is in a different place. So what you're bringing to the workout on that day is going to be a little bit different. So Mm -hmm. small changes are sometimes going to be completely sufficient. Sometimes Mm -hmm. no changes are sufficient, but you can't just rely on the same thing year after year after year and expect infinite benefits. At some point you're going to have to either make minor adjustments or possibly find a new plan. Yeah. Like look at that thing and be like, okay, let's, let's really adjust this and try and, and totally shift my body and try something new here. Yeah. I was actually talking to a friend about this on our long run the other day. She was asking me a little bit about our plans and, you know, kind of how we would train people. And, um, she's been using, uh, the Hanson brothers, uh, coaching plan for her last couple of marathon cycles. And, and I'm like, oh, you know, we we're just kind of chatting about it. And she's like, yeah, I just think that it's not really doing much for me anymore. Like, you know, it worked for her for a while. It worked. It worked. Yeah. It works fantastic. It's yeah. a great plan. Mm-hmm. But once you've run through that program, because it, I'm sure that you go to their website, you click the plan, you follow the plan. Once you've done it a few times, there's only so much benefit that you're getting out of this. Yeah. You know, if you hire them as your personal coaches. Well, then they're going to switch things up. Yeah, they're going to be able to tweak things along the way. Yeah. They're making the minor adjustments. But the the search the internet, download the plan and follow it. If you do it over and over and over, mm-hmm. eventually you're just trying to squeeze the same sponge and there's no water left inside of mm-hmm. it. Yeah, you're body's already gotten those adaptations and has become very efficient so you could continue running 
at that at that pace. Yeah, you could probably sustain for a while, mm. but even even with that, eventually you keep running the same plan. You're not going to be able to sustain. You'll start slipping backwards. Yeah, you have to adjust and keep moving forward. Because yeah, we get older every day. Yeah. So there's uh, there's pros that you can see that that work this, and I mean it happens on on the you know real life level also. But people that'll switch a coach or switch to a new training plan and mm-hmm. suddenly have this massive breakthrough, and yeah. they're like, oh, this was clearly what I've been missing the entire time. No, it wasn't. That plan is not magic and and that's the answer it's just that any change was the answer correct some change from what you were doing and you're suddenly going to get all these new benefits right because you're throwing a new stimulus into the equation yeah so you throw something new and the body's the body's going to now adapt to that new thing and you'll reap the benefits from it okay Number five of why training plans don't always work is there is real life uh-huh. and real life can get in the way sometime and totally derail you yes. or just partially derail you depending yeah. on what's going on. Depending on what, what it is, but yeah. life really can, can mess with you. Um, and this, this has issues of what if you've got this plan sitting there and You've got it. You followed it on Monday. You followed it on Tuesday, and then on Wednesday, you you don't have time to hit what the workout says to do. Mm-hmm. Do you just throw your hands up and and the plan is done? Mm-hmm. You know, and some people will. Some people that if they can't follow the plan, then the plan is it's too rigid, and they just they toss the whole thing. This is why I don't like plans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I can never follow a plan. Plans aren't for me. I can't do it. Yeah, but or I would say not but but or. They will try to be so stringent and make sure that they make up those workouts when the answer is sometimes you just have to skip a workout. Yeah. Like, you know, like, and so they'll say, oh no, like I missed it this day because something happened with my kid or whatever and I couldn't get my run in that day. So I will push this to tomorrow and tomorrow I'll either do two runs or I'll just skip my rest day later in the week and I'll just make sure I get my run in. But that means I'm going to have to put my speed work and my long run back to back. And so then they end up overtraining and not actually following the plan. It, right. It looks like they're following the plan, right. but they're not actually well, following the Because they're doing the, the workouts, but they're not doing them in the correct order. Right. And, and, you know, when you're following a plan, the plans are laid out that way for a reason. Yes. They, they've got the rest days in between the workouts. They, they probably have a rest day before and after a long run, right. depending exactly on how the plan goes. There's, there's good times to put a workout on the day before a long run, mm-hmm. as long as you have enough recovery following that thing. Right. Um, but there's some reasoning behind it. This is why um, most uh, like standard training plans that you can find online, certainly the ones that you're not paying very much for, are very, very safe. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot of rest put between them. Yeah. They're not usually very high mileage. Yeah. If you want something that's going to start pushing the envelope a little bit more, mm-hmm. then you got to pay more and have a coach who's going to be able to work with you and right. adjust the training plan with you. Right. Most of the training plans are put out there trying to be a safe way of like, mm-hmm. this This is a good idea of what to do if, as like a default of the here's a good here's a good overall plan. Yeah. It's not necessarily perfect, but this should help you. But I mean, any plan that you find for free that you just download on the internet is not specifically tailored to you and your situation. Right. So you've got that issue also. Right. So you're just doing the best you can with that training plan. And like we said before, like it may or may not be the best training plan for you, but at the beginning, like, especially if you're a new runner, it's probably going to work, you know, like any plan is going to work if you're a new runner. 
Yes, completely. You know? Whatever the plan is. Simply having a plan so that you don't have to figure out what to do tomorrow Mm -hmm. is going to be a win. Right. Because that, just having something on paper or, or, you know, magic of the internet um, is going to say, okay, now I do this, and now I do this, and now I do this. And even if you miss some of those days, you're doing some of them. And for, for very new runners, something is better than nothing, and that's going to continue to improve you. Right. And this makes me think of also dieting, right? Like this is one of the major pitfalls of dieting is if you fall off your strict diet, like if you're on a diet that has strict rules and things that you're not allowed to eat, and then you eat some of those things and fall off the plan, then that can just lead to being like, you know, let's throw my hands up in the air. I guess it didn't work again. You know, yeah. it's, it's that restricted like, binge cycle. Oh, shoot, I had a potato chip. I guess I should just finish the whole bag because uh, I've lost it. The, yeah. pan, the plan is, is all for lost, right. which is why it's helpful to have somebody sort of guide you along the plan. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know that uh, I've, I've got uh, a small group of my track team still going, and the plan between last race and the next race, because we're in like the championship push of the season, did not exactly work the way that it was it would have on paper. What do you mean? Well, two of my four kids on the relay team um, took a vacation to the other side of the country mm. for like five days. Ah. So yeah. trying to get so these workouts... jet lag and everything else going right, on. Right, so trying to get workouts in, and then... You know, I was supposed to have a workout today, but three of them couldn't make it. Three of the four couldn't oh, make geez. it to practice because they're getting inducted into the honor society tonight. Mm-hmm. So they they didn't have time to hit a workout and then get home and shower and get all pretty and dressed up and back to school. Mm-hmm. So they're like, uh, coach, can we just go home and run and then maybe work out tomorrow? I'm like, all right, so you've got to kind of adjust it. It's not, it's not, a, okay, just skip this day. It's, all right, what can you get in? Mm-hmm. Can you give me something? And they're like, we can go for like a 20-minute run. Great. And a 20-minute run it is. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of getting something and not just completely giving up on it. Yeah. Yeah, you can't just totally throw your hands up in the air and say, oh, well. Yeah. So, okay, so there's all these negatives of a training plan that we've just pointed out. So why even bother following a training plan if they it might not work anyway? Because they're amazing. I mean, they are. <laughs> they are. You, you need something. You yeah. need a, a guide. You need some sort of guidepost out there, something like a map that will direct you uh, roughly of where you're going. It helps mm-hmm. you focus on what that destination actually is. Right. It, it keeps you on track. So mm-hmm. even if you fall off slightly, you yeah. still know, hey, that's where I'm heading. Yeah, you still, even if you take little detours along the way, you, you still know what the destination is and you basically know the outline of how you're going to get there. Right. So I, I like to kind of equate this to the GPS in the car. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's an accident on the highway and you, you get off, the car immediately starts recalculating route, yeah. recalculating route. It's still going to get you there. Mm-hmm. Like if, if I have to take a detour, I still want to know what that map is. I can't follow it exactly, mm-hmm. but... I can kind of detour around and maybe try and work my way back to the map and I still know roughly where I'm heading. Right, and the training plan is the same way. Like even if you get derailed, then you can still find your way back if as long as you make the right adaptations or, you know, if you're working with a coach, your coach can help guide you in that way. But if the, if you have specific goals for your running, a training plan is 
so helpful. Yes, because it, it that training plan can then be tailored to your strengths and weaknesses. If if you're training for a marathon, uh, a general training plan will help slowly and safely build up that mileage. If you're training for a 5K, it'll help highlight some speeds so that you can focus on what you need to focus mm-hmm. for whatever the race is. It's nice to have a, a, an overall picture of, hey, these are some important things to focus on if this is what you're trying to get out of the training plan. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It's also a great way to start learning a little bit more about yourself, both as a person and as a runner, because there might be workouts that you find out that you really enjoy. Like I used to really, really like the the speed workouts and I used to hate the tempo runs. And now as I'm starting to evolve as a runner, I'm learning that I actually do like those tempo runs a lot more now than I did than I used to. And it's also helpful if you have people with you. Oh, totally. (laughs) Totally helpful. I mean, so I think that's one of the big reasons why you've come around on these tempo runs is if you've got a pack of people, like Mm -hmm. there's, there's not much quite as, as that brings you together really long runs with a good group of people Mm -hmm. where the miles just fly by because the conversation is going or tempo runs where Mm -hmm. you're all pushing as a solid pack. Like there's no conversation because you're all right at that level of like just on the edge of orange, Mm -hmm. but you're, you're all pushing and there's not a lot of, of conversing, but you feel so connected to the people around you. Oh yeah. And like, I love when I get like in sync with the person I'm running with, like when our feet are hitting the ground at the same time, like that just, it, it puts you in into this zone. And like you said, you, it's just like, the, I had that a little bit on my run this morning too, because the workout that you gave me was, um, like a warm up and then a tempo mile and then some 200 meter sprints. And when we were in that tempo mile, like I just got into that flow, like it felt good. I was going faster than, I expected, and it didn't feel as hard. Right, you, you know, just like kind of get felt, carried ar- yeah. around on on the flow of the run itself. Yeah, and I and it was I was with my running buddy, and the two of us were just going, like you said, like we we weren't talking during it because we were both pushing, but it just felt good, and I just knew that she was right there on my shoulder, and yeah. so we were doing it together. Yeah, you can see this in in professional races also. Mm-hmm. That pack at the front of like a marathon when it's like ten deep, no one's working all that hard. Yeah, they're all just cruising yeah, they along look together. So comfortable. I know they yeah. are, they look like they're out for a stroll. Yeah, and then the the clock comes up and you're like, oh, they're at five flat pace. Yeah, which is insane. <laughs> so crazy. But you know, if you have a running plan and it allows you to try out different types of workouts without having to like create them yourself too. Right. You're going to get a variety. Yeah. And I love this. Like I love when you just tell me what to do on my running, (laughs) on your running, on my running. (laughs) (laughs) Like I was texting you last night, like I was at a book club meeting and I needed a workout for today. And I'm like, what should I do today? And you know, like you had one thing that you were going to give me, but we modified it a little bit because of a couple other things going on. Um, so, but just having you to tell me, all right, this is what's going to, this is what you should do. This is how we're going to modify it. Like it was so nice. And, 
Um, it wasn't the workout I was going to do, but I still love the workout that you gave me this morning. Right. And you can, you don't have to put the thought into it of, okay, what have I done recently? What else should I go for? Because there's a plan. You just, Mm -hmm. you follow the plan as best as you can. If you miss something along the way, then you just miss that one and you just kind of keep flowing through the plan Mm -hmm. and you can be like, okay, let's see how my body hits this workout because I didn't sleep that much a couple nights ago or last night or whatever it is, or I ate this this morning now what's what's my body going to do when I try and run in the afternoon or literally just trying to hit a similar workout in the morning versus the afternoon uh-huh. like I know the pace that I start off on a run when I wake up it's still pitch black outside I tied some shoes on and off I go versus I've been up and doing and working all day long and it's like three o'clock in the afternoon it's a very different pace for the opening mile mm-hmm. And if it's the same pace, it's a very different effort level. <laughs> yeah, so you can totally start to gain more of an understanding for how your sleep and your food and your stress and all these things are affecting your body and your run. Which is awesome because you don't have to worry about the plan. You can just worry about trying to learn something from the plan. Mm -hmm. And learning things is a fantastic outcome from Mm -hmm. trying to follow the plan. Yes, you've got that race or whatever time or whatever, you know, destination you're aiming for. But learn some things along the way because those are huge keys to to pick up. Don't just blindly follow the plan. Follow the plan and try and learn some things is, is even more helpful. Yeah, because like we said, you might get to the end of the plan and you might get to that that destination race that you have been training for and it might not go super like you might not get the results that you wanted so if you just did all these months of training and then don't get the results then what do you have to show for it and the answer is you learned a lot about yourself along the way if you allow yourself to do so. Right, as long as you actually put the the mental capacity into trying to learn things. Don't just have a bad workout and be like, ah, oh, that workout stunk, and then move on to the next day. Right. Think about it. Figure out yeah. what might have yeah what might have actually happened there. Yeah. Why why was that workout not so good? Was it because of the time of day? Was it because of what you ate? Was it because you? weren't able to go to the bathroom before your workout. Like, oh, that was me the other day. Oh, man. <laughs> Had to cut that one short just so I could find some somewhere to go. <laughs> so the structure of a training plan can, in a way, give you freedom, right? Like this is one of the things we talked about when we talk about planning your day and using a, a planner and a journal and having some sort of structure in place gives you more freedom. Yes, this one is, uh, this took me a long time to actually come on board with. It makes no sense when I first heard this thing. Are of, you actually on board now? Yeah. The more structure you have on top of you, the more freedom you have within that thing. Mm-hmm. If if there's no structure, then the options for what you can do in that day are limitless. Yeah. That's my problem with weekends. You can do anything yeah. you want. Yeah. Like on a, on a weekend, when you have just 10 hours staring you in the face <laughs> and you're like, oh, I can be so productive, but like, what are you going to do first? Like, whereas if I have a really busy day where I have work and I have the kids have games and this and that, and then I know that I have these pockets of time where I can fit things in. Yes. And then I know that's, okay, this is going to go here, this is going to go here, I'm going to make the phone calls that I need to make here. And when it's just an empty canvas, sometimes it's a lot harder to figure out what to do with it. And this this is what happens with a running plan. As long as the plan has some flexibility to it, 
or you know how to make the plan be flexible. You're, you're working with somebody who's helping guide you through the plan, or you just have enough experience of working through these plans. You're like, okay, I can move these things around and it, it works out great for me. Then having the overall structure of a plan gives you the freedom to sort of play within it, to move days around, to, to, to test things out and see, see how it works for you. Mm -hmm. And like, we'll tell our athletes that too, like when we have a training plan and then, you know, they'll email us and say, Oh, I can't run this day. Um, what should I do instead? And we'll kind of guide them. Okay. Well, can you run this day or that day? Um, all right, well, well, we can put the workout here, but just understand that the run the next day is going to feel harder and you're going to need more recovery afterwards. Yeah. Like giving them that heads up, I think is super important because they might, if we end up putting in like an easier workout in before like a long run and then the long run, they feel like crap during the run. They might be questioning like, why, why did that run feel so hard? Well, it was because you just did the workout yesterday. Right. So then you have to almost adjust the week after that also, because now you've done workout followed by a long day. You're going to need some extra time to recover from that. Maybe not push quite as hard in the workouts the week following because your body really went through a, a serious back-to-back day. That's workout followed by a long run or long run followed by a workout is extra, extra stress on the body. And there's huge benefits from it Mm -hmm. as long as you take the time to actually recover from those benefits. Yeah, exactly. Um, one, one more thing I like on um, on having these plans, having this structure is the plan has sort of already taken into account what you've done before. So your current state of, of being based off of like, I've, I've, this is my running history. This is the destination I'm going for. And so with that structure on there, you are now open to actually focus on what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. So you're open to only worry about the run that you're going on today, mm-hmm. which is really nice to not have to worry about what's coming next week or what what happened last week you just follow the plan and enjoy what's happening right in front of you yeah without stressing about anything else i like that a lot yeah that's so true it's also the the last verse of the poem, which I found on Wikipedia. By the way, I totally did Your not Scottish have this poem. Thing. Yeah, did not have this thing memorized, but I was so I read the whole thing through because I get distracted by reading the poem. Um, but the last line is because the poem's about a guy who was plowing a field and and stirred up a mouse nest, and so now the mouse doesn't have a home anymore, and and winter's coming, and now the mouse is going to die, and he's like, it's a poem about apologizing to this mouse. And he says, but at least you're better off than me because you're a mouse. And so you're only smart enough to focus on what's currently happening to you. Whereas I, as a man, am so busy worrying about the past and fretting about what's going to happen in the future that I can't even live in the present. Wow. Yeah. That's deep. I know. (laughs) It's about a mouse. (laughs) It's about a mouse. But yeah, so that framework of your training plan allows you to have more freedom to play, to have more freedom to be in the present moment, to have the freedom to analyze and see what, you know, training adaptations you're making or how your body is responding to those different workouts without having to worry about the past or the future. Right. It's fantastic. Yeah. And then there's, of course, the parallels to other areas of life. Right. Like one we talked about with the training, our our journals and and planning out our day to try to be more productive. And the second one that comes to mind is eating, right? Instead of having a very rigid and strict diet, which we know that I don't 
like. Like I like to have more of a framework for my eating. Like I know basically I want to have you know a certain I need to have vegetables with every meal I need to have proteins with every meal but what those meals look like is completely different based on what day it is what's going on what's inside of the refrigerator what's in the refrigerator (laughs) if I'm working at the office or if I'm treating home patients or if it's a weekend and the girls are in town and we have games and you know like what's going on right there's a lot but so trying if the girls were in town the girls were in town no if the if the girls have a game have stuff going on yes (laughs) that was weird if there's not a 10 hour blank schedule in front of you but in fact so many things that you're trying to get in following some super rigid diet that says this is going to be my breakfast this is my lunch this is my dinner and you have to measure everything out is super restrictive but having a framework that says this is my general plan for how i'm going to eat is helpful this is the general plan for how i'm going to work out over the course of the week right this is you know some things that i'm going to try and accomplish during the day Mm -hmm. is a good benefit of of trying to create a journal Mm -hmm. it doesn't say at 9 45 i have to be doing this it says i'm going to get these three things done during the day right and then when you have time you can pop them into your schedule well but that's the benefit of of scheduling your day is you can find those spots ahead of time also yeah i know i I knew you were going to bring that one up yeah well i because you like to have your day very carefully planned out i like to have i'm going to get this this and this done Mm -hmm. and then when the time presents itself Mm -hmm. i'm not sitting there thinking man i'd like to be able to accomplish something what should i do yeah but i don't i wouldn't say that i i like plan out exactly when i'm going to do everything because i like to have the flexibility too so i'll I'll plan out all the things that i have to do like when i if i need to be certain places or um you know do certain things and then I'll, i'll be like i mean i would say i'm probably more like that where i'll just have a list of things that i need to get done and then i'll see what i'm in the mood for during that period of time like where am i going to be most productive based on where my headspace is yeah i think we kind of have a similar thing you just have a little bit more structure than i do i may eventually get towards where you are but you you write out things that have to be done at certain times during the day mm-hmm. so that you can see your your big framework right so then when you plan out your day early in the morning you've got that whole thing written out Mm -hmm. you can already see the open periods right whereas i don't write out the whole thing i i've kind of got okay i'm going to accomplish these things and then when the open periods come up i know things that i want to be working on during that time gotcha okay that makes sense all right so i think that's pretty much what we have to say about most of this i mean it's basically like yes there are some downfalls of having a training plan but overall training plans are excellent especially if you have specific goals that you're trying to hit like if you have a specific goal you need some sort of framework to help you get there yeah whether that's in running in eating in life like whatever it is like if you have a specific goal you need a plan to get there otherwise you're just randomly throwing darts and hoping for the best and hoping for the best does not usually get you to the best Mm -hmm. yeah you need something So if you are interested in training plans and coaching, we would love to help you out. So you can check out our website at realliferunners.com. We offer training plans and coaching and we can take all the guesswork out for you so that you don't have to figure it out. We can help 
figure that, all of that out and customize a plan that is right for you. So check out the website, realliferunners.com. If you have any questions, please feel free to email us. We are always available to answer your questions, um, to clarify anything. We're here for you. You can find us at Angie at realliferunners.com or Kevin at realliferunners.com. So as always, thank you so much for spending this time with us today. Do us a favor and share the podcast with a friend. We know you have running friends. Let them know about the podcast. Let them, you know, bring them into the tribe so that we can share the running love with with everybody in your life and uh, we can build this tribe even bigger and even more supportive. So thank you guys for your support and we will talk to you next week.